Okay, let's continue now some of the halachas that we started already. Um, in the last couple of shurim, we discussed the mitzvah, the halacha of kibbutz of aim. Somebody asked, what's the connection between that which the Torah gives us a guarantee of a long life and kibbutz of aim? As we mentioned in the beginning, and we mentioned yesterday as well, this is one of, one of the only mitzvahs, basically, that the Torah gives us a clear description of the reward for the mitzvah that is long life. So what's the connection? A person's, you know, kibbutz of aim, long life, you know, I'm sure there's a lot to talk about. So, Rabbi Yosechai Zonnefeld brings down one of the pshatim, and I'm sure there's many. And he says that because when a person is mechabed his parents, as we'll see Be'ez HaShem from the halachas that we're going to learn today, it sometimes requires effort and requires time. You have to be busy, you have to go places, you have to do stuff, you have to... It takes time. And a person will think, hey... Uh, it's my life. I want to enjoy my life. I've got things to do. I've got to take care of my own self, this, that, and the other. While that's true, there's a certain element that the Torah is telling you, don't worry. Because the more you machabit your parents, the longer you'll live. You'll never lose out. That's what the Torah's message, at least according to Yosef and Zonifel, that seems to be, is that a person will never lose out by being the kind this wonderful mitzvah of Kibbutz Vaim. So yesterday, we discussed the Indian of Moira. Right, of fearing our parents, which he basically said not to contradict them, not to sit in their seat, not to show that we're equal to them. Now I want to move on to the um, other halacha, the other chalik of it, which is kibud, right? To machabed our parents, to honor our parents. So how do we honor our parents? So let's, as I said, we haven't got time to go through every halacha with all the marmakomas and where everything comes from, but at least we can give the outline to give us an idea before we go back, Beis Hashem, of how to act and what to be careful of. So when it comes to honoring the parents, basically there are three ways that person can do it if you see in the Shulchan Aruch and Simon Reish Mem in Yeridea um, also brought down in many of the Gedele Poiskim is number one through thought through speech and through action those are the three ways that we can machabad we can actually honor our parents again that's through thought that's through speech and through action so number one honor how do you honor your parents through thought so the Maizah, real respect doesn't start from your mouth. Real respect starts from the inside. When a person's heart and mind really respects somebody, then it will show in the actions that he does. And therefore, many of the respect that we do is not necessarily only in the actions, but in a deep inner respect that we have for our parents. In fact, the Chai Odom writes, Fushah Chai Odom, that a person should regard his parents in his mind as the, the most prestigious, respected people around. That's what the Chai Odom writes. What Chaim Shmuelevit says, sometimes it's difficult. What happens if a person doesn't look at his parents as the most harsh of respected people around? What do you do? It says what Chaim Shmuelevit, every person has a good quality. Everyone. Some more than others. But a person should concentrate on looking for one particular positive attribute that his father or mother has. Right? Whether he's someone that, that's, a, that's a gay giving person, someone that's a happy person, someone that's a very learned person, someone that's a very respectable person. Everyone has a good character. And therefore, our job in our parents, says Rukhaim Shulevitz, and again, Rabbi said this is the Posekulatory Kabbalist of Yichah, how do we do it? Kibud is also through actual thought. And if we think of our parents in a good way, our actions will reflect that. And therefore a person should make sure to have in his mind any positive qualities that his parents may have. And therefore his respect for his parents will be a genuine, real respect. It's a very, very important thing. Um, for example, the post can say, you know, you can have two people that serve their parents. Exactly the same thing. They serve the same food at the same time, with the same beautification of the plates and everything else. And one gets a mitzvah, and one gets an avaria. What's the, what's the reason? The reason is one does it with a happy face. He's excited to serve his parents. He looks forward to the opportunity 
opportunity to serve his parents, and the other one is doing it with a sad face, looking at his watch, saying, all right, when is this over? Right? Therefore, you're not doing the mitzvah properly, and forget, maybe even a Avera in that point. So therefore, number one, thought. A person has to think, put into his heart, put into his mind, that his parents are chosh of Again, they may not be the gadolet hadar, but at least we can have positive thoughts about our parents and think about at least one, I'm sure there's many of them, but at least one positive attribute and character that they have. Let's talk about speech now. How to honor our parents with speech. So number one, number one, the way to do this is obviously by talking in a respectful manner. The way a person would speak to a rabbi, a person would speak to a god ladar, a person would speak to a king, a president, a prime minister, is the way we should speak to our parents in a very honorable manner. They're not our friends, they're not our roommates, they're not our chavusas. These are our parents. As we've spoken about, these are the people that gave us our lives and have given us so much up until this stage. They deserve respect from us. So number one, talking respect. Number two, correcting a parent. We already spoke about that. We never correct a parent. Once again, you'll never say you're wrong or it didn't happen that way or it's asa rather you can say things like I learned differently let's learn it inside and see what it is or whatever it may be something like that comforting a worried parent if a parent is worried you give them comfort you make them feel good that's also good um, even not in their presence there's a chiv to honor them as well as the Shulchan Aruch tells us right for example if, a, if, a, um, if you need something from the store and you know that the store will do it faster or better if you tell them oh my father needs this oh your father needs this oh, okay we're going to do this quicker or better then yes you should do that because that's honoring your parent even not in their presence. Number three, honoring your parents in action. So we're talking about speech, we're talking about um, um, thought. Let's talk about action itself. So action, the Gemara tells us the basic actions of honoring a parent basically are according to the Gemara, giving them food to eat and drink, clothing them and covering them, and helping them enter and exit. That basically means... You can give, literally give them food to eat if they're that old that you have to feed them. Obviously that's included. Or going shopping for them. Going shopping for them is included in the midst of Kibbutz of Ein because you're going shopping for them. You're basically helping to feed them. That's another example. Washing their clothing. Helping them out with the washing, the laundry. Yeah. Oh, we'll talk about that. Helping them enter and exit as well as an idea. Again, if they're having difficulty walking, maybe drive them, give them a ride somewhere, help them out. This is all included in Kibbutz of Aim. Other services that a person can do as well, even though the Gemara only mentions those, but there's many things that we can do in an action way to mechabad our parents. If you want to arrange, for example, their medical needs. If, for example, a person learns Torah, right? The Kitzah Shulchan writes him a foolish. If a person wants to know what's the highest degree, the highest madrego, of Kibbut of Aim, you know what it is, Shmuley? Learning Torah. Even if the parents don't understand it or appreciate it. Because learning Torah is the highest madriga that a person can do, and therefore, that's as the Kitzah is the highest madriga of Kibbut of Aim. Visiting your parents at certain times, if you don't live at home, is also another example of Kibbut of, once again, again, all included in the actions that we can do to mechabad our parents for giving us our life and giving up so much that they did for us as well. Okay, now standing up, another very important halacha which is included in Kibbutz of Aim, is actually standing up. As we know that st- honoring our parents is like honoring Hashem, we would stand up if the Shechina was here, and therefore we stand up for, the, for our parents. That's what we do. We stand up all the way full from when we can see them from when we don't see them. Say, hey, you may ask, we don't do that. So I discussed this with that going that God, Shlita, and I said to him, forget, I've spoken to boys and parents who told me, I don't want my son to stand up for me, it's embarrassing. Like every time I walk in the room, I stand up like I'm a Rosh 
relationship. I'm not interested in that. Please, I don't need that. So Bizreel told me in that case they could be moichalala covered, and if it's not the dumb thing, it's not the minig and forget they don't want it to be done. Then there's definitely an Indian that a person doesn't have to do it. But once again, if your father doesn't notice, or maybe he won't mind, then yes, you should definitely stand up the full way, or at least give some kind of you know little jump in your chair to show honor when he comes in, or if he can't even see that you're, you're going to be standing up. For example, he's coming down the stairs, and you can hear him coming, and you can stand up before, and you can make him a beautiful mitzvah of kibbutz of aim in order to do that. Uh, the same thing is even true for um, the, the, for sleeping parents that are sleeping we've spoken about this if they're sleeping they do not want to be woken up obviously to wake them up will be a terrible avera but if they want to be woken up and they're sleeping then yes you are allowed to wake them up living near your parents is a wonderful mitzvah if you can if a person feels and we'll discuss in a moment of a person that cannot for whatever reason live near his parents then you definitely can be makal and you don't have to do that now the reason there are a couple of things like this let's talk about sometimes that a person does not have to listen to his parents so first of all, like this, uh, Moshe asked a question, when it comes to Mechabed, our parents, do we have to pay? Like when they go shopping, so do I have to pay with my own money? Or let's say I have to go get them a taxi, do I have to pay with my own money? Because again, it's kibbutz of aim to do that, but does it have to come from my expenses? So the Gemara Shulchanor, the place can say, absolutely not. There's a mitzvah of kibbutz of aim, of course, but the expense does not have to come from the child, it has to actually come from the parent, right? So before Shikamon Kedushin, look it up over there, the money does not have to come from the child, it has to come from the parent. How that works, logically and technically, you have to figure it out yourself, ask a rob how to do certain things, but again, that's the General halacha. Now there are certain times that you do not have to listen to your parents. And it's interesting why. One of them, for example, is in the union of Shidduchim. Right? And again, obviously you need a guidance of a rob for this to make sure that you're doing it in the correct manner and you're not biased. If, for example, you want to marry a certain person and your parents say, no, we don't need to marry them, so make a din, you don't have to listen to them. Right? Why? We'll see in a moment. But again, obviously you have to make sure you're doing the right decision by speaking it over to a chosh of a rob to make sure that you're doing the right thing. But if you are doing the right thing and your parents object, then you are allowed to not listen to them. Another example is for example situations when um, a person wants to go learn Torah, a person wants to go to yeshiva, a person wants to go to kolel, a person wants to live in Eretz Yisrael, to, in order to learn Torah and your, your parents are not interested in that once again, speak it over to a rov first but if you're doing the right thing and you have the right perspective, then yes, you're allowed not to listen to them, and the question is why? If kibbutz of the aim is such a chash of a mitzvah and we try to make it in the best possible way so why do we not have to listen to them? It just reminds me of the story Nothing much to do with this. I remember a bocha once came to me. His father, Rahman Litzlam, was blind. So he came to me and he said to me like this. He has a problem. He's going back to America. He's going back to his parents. He's going back to his father. His father, Rahman Litzlam, Alain, who's blind. And he wants to know the following. His father would like him very much to take him to shul. Right? Obviously, he needs someone to guide him to take him to shul. The problem is the shul that his father davens in is a type of shul where there's a lot of schmoozing there. There's not a real gishmak minion where you can daven seriously and really take it seriously and whatever. He would rather go to another shul where they take it seriously and daven properly. Of course, he'll make sure to get someone else to walk his father. But his father wants for him to walk because obviously he wants his son, especially as he comes back from marriage to Israel, to walk him. So he asked me, what do I do? Give it over aim. But at the end of the day, you know, I've got to, I come first. So I told him there's no Shiloh whatsoever. I spoke over to some of Gedolim that they will ask him to me. Of course, there's no question whatsoever. But there's no Aveira involved over here. Chasr his parent is not asked him to do Aveira, which is another thing, by the way. Right? We learn this now in the Gemara over here in Bom Metzina and in Metzias, and if a parent asks 
a child to do an Aveira, to Machal Shabbos, or to do something that's Asa, to go somewhere that's Asa, you don't have to listen to them. Why? Because as we know, the Gemara says, we're not going to spell out the Joshua, we know it already, that even your parents are hired to listen to the Rabbi Nishlam and respect the Rabbi Nishlam. So therefore, obviously, right, right, who do you listen to? You listen to the Rabbi Nishlam because even your parents have to listen to the Rabbi Nishlam. So if they tell them to do something Asa, so yes, you do not have to listen to them. Another example, by the way, Moshe Sternberg talks about it also in Shuas Banogas. The debits in the Rav Ben Moshe, I've been asked this many times as well. I was in America a couple of weeks ago and a fellow called up with the following Shaila. He wants to grow payas. And his parents are mamish going crazy because he lives in a place where nobody has these things. And for care, for the, they're very worried about Shaduchim, that people are looking in very weird in that community. Again, we're not going into the individual Shaila because obviously it's different. But in his situation, his parents were against it, not because you're becoming a frumi, but more because they were worried about his, his appearance and the way that the community is. Nobody does these things. So he asked me, so what do I do? I want to have payas, right? Maybe because the aloha, not the aloha, whatever it may be. So I told him, listen, it's a chumrah, it's a nice chumrah. We're not talking about payas, I'm ready to cut the payas every day. We're talking about having payas behind the ears. Since it's only a chumrah, the Moshe Shdamak talks about in Shuvah and Hoggers and Debits and Rabban Ben Moshe as well, they say it's only a chumrah that you don't, that you don't, that you can, you should listen to your parents. Because it's only a chumrah, it's a thing that you want to take on as a nice thing to do. Say if your parents have a good point, then yes, they have to listen to them. Whereas if the meaning is everyone does such a thing and you don't want it and the parents don't want you to do it, so maybe you won't have to listen. Again, all of these shows require a Direction and a psak from a choshev rov, you can't pass on these things on your own. But going back to our story, so I told this fellow that yes, you should walk your father. What's the reason? Yes, I understand you want to daven better. But the end of Kavanis of Yichav Zemecha is a mitzvah in Atoya. You'll be able to daven over there. No one's saying that you won't be able to daven. Of course you'll daven, but maybe not to the Madrega. I remember once asking Ramesh Geich and Yeshiva about going to go, you know, to join a minion for Menachem Rov. They're, they're doing for Avelis. They, they made a, a minion for Avelim. So I said, listen, it's not Gishmak, and in Yeshiva it's much more Gishmak, whatever it is. Should we go over there? They need a minion. So he said, listen, in Yeshiva, maybe you will, maybe you won't, won't daven better. But for sure you're doing a chesed when you go somewhere and help someone out. So when you're doing a for sure chesed by helping someone out, that you should do rather than a sophic of maybe you'll do, you know, daven better. So I told the Bachar the same thing. You're for sure doing a mitzvah kibbutz of aim when you walk your father, no shayla. Will you daven better somewhere else? I don't know. Maybe yeah, maybe no. For that, your kibbutz of kibbutz of Yechav definitely comes in. So I'll come on, what's the reason? Why you don't have to listen to your parents in certain situations? The answer is very simple. That answer is because the diamond that you were given is your neshama. You were given your neshama to give it the biggest potential and to use it in the best way. When somebody gives you a present, what's what's the what's the worst way of taking this present? Is keeping it wrapped up and giving it back to the person, saying thank you very much. It was great. They look at it and say, didn't use it. Oh, I gave it to you to use. I gave it to you to enjoy. You didn't use it. That's not a point of the present. The Rabbi gives us our neshama. He wants us to use it and reach our full potential. If for whatever reason, and again, with the guidance of a Rav, your parents are, so to speak, stopping that potential from coming out by not allowing you to marry the girl that you feel you'll be able to grow with, or not allowing you to go to the Kailal or Yeshiva or Etisrael that you'll feel you to grow with, then you're not using your maximum. And if they're stopping you from doing that, the best person you could do is yes by going, is yes by marrying that girl, if that's the right thing to do. Because at the end of the day, that, that gives you your full potential, and that's something that a person has to do and make sure of. Now again, even if a person is learning, that doesn't mean that takes over kibbutz of aim. If a person's parents come to visit, or whatever, but you have to machabed your parents whatsoever. It's a mitzvah right? Nobody else can do it. And if yes, you have to close your gemara, as the Rambam paskas in Hilchos Tamer Torah Peri Gimel, that you have to close your gemara in order to go and machabed your parents, because that's obviously the mitzvah. Because that's what kibbutz of aim comes to tell us in that case. Now the other halacha is very very quickly. Over him, 
there's a shaila which I've been asked many times, which I'm not going into so much now, but detail, is what about non-observant parents? What do you have parents that are unfortunately not really very, very firm in that case? So that there's a major shaila in the post-skim if a person, if a child, has to honor a parent who's halachically considered to be a rasha. Now most of the parents that are not firm are what we call a tinik shenishba, which means they never understood and appreciated the beauty of Yiddishkeit and of Torah and mitzvahs, and if that's the case, they're not held accountable, and of course you have to machabed them. But if you have, for example, a parent that went through the system, knows Yiddishkeit, understands Yiddishkeit, but threw the whole thing off because they're not interested, they are considered to be basically a Russia, and therefore you're not Machayev, you're not in, in, obligated to, to do kibbut of aim in that case. Obviously, no, you shouldn't pain them, you shouldn't cause embarrassment to them, but not uh, a positive kibbut of aim for a parent that's a real Russia that you don't have to do. But most of our parents, or parents that are in this situation, are generally not in that category. They're a Tinnik Shanish, but at least to some level, they never got the full appreciation to Torah Mitzvahs, and therefore they're not included and then yes, according to many poskim, you should definitely go and machabad them. Other relatives, only because we have to finish. I'm sorry, Moshi. Um, other relatives, grandparents. A person has to honor his grandparents as well. Kibbut of aim applies basically to them, which means talking respectfully, getting up, b'chole, b'chole. a stepmother and a stepfather as well. The Torah says S, and therefore we include many of the things as well. Um, and therefore a person has to machabad them. A and a shviga. You guys are not holding that yet, but Beis Hashem. The Shver and the Shviga, where did we learn this from? The Posik in the Torah, right? The Shulchanan brings it. That Moshe went out who to greet who? The Heilige Shver. When you go out to greet the Heilige Shver, that's the father-in-law, the Himachavadim, Moshe Rabbeinu gave cover to the Shver. If that's the case, we also have to give cover to our Shver, our Shviga, however difficult that may be, Baruch Hashem, I'm Zoycha, that it's not difficult at all, but Hashem, you should all be Zoycha, that it won't be difficult. And by the way, if you have a positive attitude, it's never difficult. But I'll go upon him, if it's against your parents and the parents-in-law, then your parents obviously win in that case. For those that have older brothers, this is a very, very exciting news. Elder brother is included in Kibbutz Aim, as we know. Only covered, not Moira, in this case. And a person has to mechaber his older brother in this case. Let me just end the Indian, even though, again, we skimmed over the halachas on a very soup, you know, sort of surface level, but it gives us an idea of what to expect and what to do. Let me just end with one last maisa. Moira maisa, which I'm sure many of you know, but again, I think it fits over here into the Indian. There was a young girl in Vienna. We're going back to Vienna again, like yesterday. There was a young girl in Vienna that had an unbelievable voice. It was known she had the most gorgeous voice that anyone had ever heard. She never did performances. She came from a very, very firm background, a very firm upbringing, very firm parents. She was never obviously allowed to perform in public, but everybody knew she had, and when it came to school and whatever, she was always chosen because her voice was out of this world. Unbelievable, unbelievable voice. One of the people in the music industry came over to her. They heard about her voice, which has spread wide and far, the, 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 the name, and they came to offer her a job. And they said, listen, you could be a star. We can take you all over the world touring. You'll be mummish. You'll be, you'll be unbelievable. With, with the van, the whole touring thing, you know, around the world. The whole matzah, right? We'll do everything for you. You just have to come and sing. Now, she knew this is not a job for a Jewish from girl living in Vienna at the time. You know, very, very from parents and from upbringing. This is, not a girl, this is not a job. But on the other hand, you know, you see all those stars and you see all the limousines. You start thinking about all the excitement. So it got her thinking a bit. And she was like, hmm, maybe this is a gishmak. You know, maybe the fakir. You know, you know they People have all the all of a sudden the Yitzhara comes in, right? No, it's Ashkocha Protis, and Akadish Bokho gave me the voice in order to use it, and really it's good, and forget I can recover people, and I can bring them back to Torah. You know how it goes. Anyway, so her parents got very upset that she was even thinking about it. Like, come on, this is not for you. So they decided to take her to someone, and they were figuring out who to take her. The Kapitan Gareba was once there in Vienna, visiting Vienna at the time. And they said, let's go to the Rebbe. 
So they go to the Rebbe, and the Rebbe says, he calls out the parents to go out, he has a meeting with her privately, and says, tell me, why do you want to do this? She says, what do you mean, I'm going to be famous, everyone know who I am, everyone know my name, everywhere I go, it'll be unbelievable. So the Rebbe said, let me tell you something, if you give this up, and you live your life like a good from girl, and get married to a good from family, and everything's great, I'm guaranteeing you everyone will know your name. I'm guaranteeing you that you will be famous. Not for the reason that you thought, for a different reason. You'll have a son that will light up the world. That was the Maisa. Ravon Segal decided to one time to research the Maisa and see what happened to the Maisa. Where did she end up? Who did she marry? Who are the kids? And they found out afterwards that she married... Uh, she had a child called Rav Shmuel Vaznazatzal, one of the Gedolei Poiskim of the generation. It was Nifta not long ago. Mamish, one of the Gedolei Poiskim in Ben Eberach, one of the Gedolei Poiskim of the world. And she had that son. Why? Because she gave it up. And he sent over how careful a person has to be also. He said, when the parents sacrifice so much for a child, how much do we sacrifice for our parents? And it's something to think about at this time when we have to go back and meet our parents and greet our parents and be with our parents to realize that yes, they've given us a lot, they've sacrificed a lot, let's also sacrifice a lot for them. And Be'ez HaShem will be yoked to the mitzvah, will makayim the mitzvah, and Be'ez HaShem will be have all the schar that the Torah and Chazal give us. Have a wonderful day.